know that you love me and that I be all I need to know. Amen. A second good morning. You know, you've heard me say this before, but I was thinking about this. Early this morning before you woke up, Jesus wasn't elbowing the Father saying, this morning 9 a.m. is going to be great because I saw what they're going to sing. The set list is amazing. We're going to hear some beautiful songs this morning. It's not what it's after. It's after your heart. And the songs are simply given as a gift to help us. He wants you. He wants intimacy and fellowship and communion with you. And in my walk with the Lord, this little chorus we sang just now is becoming more and more true. You keep walking with God year after year. You realize you don't know much. I don't know much and I don't have much. But this one thing is true and sure. I'm loved. I'm loved. I'm loved. This is that simple thing. Why did he make you? He made you because he wanted you. It's that simple. Some of you are familiar faces. Some of you are older faces. Some of you know me. You know my kids. And uh, the other day I was sitting with my two boys on the couch. And I was trying to build into them something of the nature of God. You know, um, if we were to ask the question, I know I've, uh, you know, if you... If you ring my bell, this is what comes out of me. But if you were to have the question, what was God like before anything made? And what was God busy with before anything made? What a question. Before he was ruler over that which he created, before he could heal anything because there was nothing to heal, before he was redeemer, before he was king of kings, because there weren't no others. And even though all these administrations has always been inside of God, what was he like before all those things were put into practice? And in John 17, Jesus gives us a little glimpse. It's not a, a wide swung open door. It's a, a little glimpse into the eternal reality of who God was and God, what was God busy with before anything was made or created. And in the words of Jesus, my father loved me before the foundations of the world. That's an incredible statement. So you know what Jesus is saying? So before anything made, God was a father loving his son. 
Can you see that? Fathering is not a quality of him. It's who he is. And all the other attributes and excellencies stems forth from that very fathering nature of him. Father is not something that stands alongside ruler and master and king. Father is the thing that gives purpose and meaning to all those things. So I was sitting with my little boy on the couch, two boys. And I was trying to put something of the nature of God in them. And so my middle boy, Gilan, I was trying to explain to him. And I said to him, Gilan, where did you begin? Where's your beginning? And he said to me, it's simple. It's when I was born. I said to him, it's partially true because that's when your physical body came alive, right? But that's not your beginning. Where did you begin? I said, Kilan, years before you were born, I remember a day when I was on my knees asking the father for a little boy. And that's where you began. I said to him, but you're even more ancient than that. Because you were the longing in the heart of a father before anything was made. You've always been inside his heart. You are here because he wanted you. Dreamt about you. L looking forward to the day when he can love on you. Hold you, embrace you, talk to you, kiss you. That's why you're here. And I want to I help connect that little heart in you to that eternal love, that fountain of goodness which you were born of. That's your story, so by the way. You aren't here by, oops. You're here because the Father had a dream in his heart before he laid the foundations of the earth. He had you in mind. And this morning I feel like I, I, I want to reconnect you to something. I want you to, I want, even though you do see, I want to help you see more clearly the beauty of the one we came to love this morning. The majesty and the glory of him who is above all things. Let me tell this story and then I'll share something short and we'll go back into worship. And so if I bring things not tensioned, I'm doing it intentionally. Because the balance will come, right? If I were to, if you were to be my neighbor, you would enjoy being my neighbor because I, I do barbecue a lot. You will constantly have the smell of choppies through your window coming. And you would have been welcome to join at any time. But let's say you were my neighbor and you saw me Monday morning early walking with my little boys. You see us leaving the house through the gate. There we go. Later we come back after a long lacquer walk. And later that afternoon you, you peek over the, over the wall and you see my boys playing. You say, hey, I saw you and daddy went for a walk this morning. What did you guys talk about? And little Gilan would look at you and he said, no, we went and walked and daddy talked to me about the things he doesn't like in me. 
thinks he wants to he wants to help me to change some things in me that he's not pleased with you will go like you know why he's doing that because he loves you he wants the best for you and that's true right that's why he's challenging your heart Tuesday morning you see us walking out again there we go we come back later later that afternoon you peek over the wall you see him playing say I saw you and daddy went for a walk again this morning what did you guys talk about they said no we talked about the things he doesn't like in me the things he wants to help me to change inside my heart and he saw me doing some things that that he's not pleased with so we talked about that then you would say but do you, do you remember what I said yesterday it's because he loves you that's why he's doing this and he will go like yes then day three you see us leaving you see us coming back later that afternoon you pick over the wall you say hey I saw you and daddy went for a walk again now you're curious what did you guys talk about this morning no we talked about the things he doesn't like inside of me the things he wants to change in me now you go like okay is that all you talk about See, yes. Okay. Here by Thursday, you see us leaving the gate, coming back again. Later that day, now you're very curious. You pick up the wall, you say, Gilada, so you and Daddy went for a walk again. What did you talk about this morning? And now you go like, he goes, and we talked about the things he doesn't like inside of me. Now you will be worried. Because this just seems slightly unnatural. Gilada, is it true? The only thing you're talking about is what he doesn't like inside of you. Is that all you ever talk about? Does he ever tell you he likes you? Does he ever tell you he enjoys you? Does he ever pick you up and snuggle with you and say you are the best boy in the whole world? No. He just tells me what's wrong with me and he wants me to fix it. How healthy do you think our relationship would be? But how do we do that with our Father only? So this one-dimensional relationship with Him, this functional relationship where our conversation and, and the context of our relationship is mostly what He wants to change in us. Where it should be that and much more. When last have you snuggled up into everlasting arms and you felt his lips coming close to your ears and he whispered, he said, I enjoy you so much. We went away for Friday night and I, we, we had a sports car. Uh, we went driving through the mountains and I've never driven a sports car so I got a sports car. Someone organized a, a Jaguar F. I'm not a car guy but it's a fast car. It's matte black. It looks like a Batman car. And, and my, Gilan, my boys have never been in a sports car so when we came back from Sierras to the mountains I picked him up they took him back to Melkbos and I've just been away like a night and now we're driving and I, and I did I confess I did speed up quite a bit but I wanted to feel the you know when, when the car pushes you back and he, and he was like big eyes like this and you know we're having this moment but now I'm catching myself because I missed him so much now I'm the whole time saying Gilan I missed you I love you and so we just mouthbossing back and when we almost were home he said to me daddy you can stop telling me you love me now
It's the, it's the natural response of a, of a father. Calling out the good. Celebrating the good. Not only pointing out. Both. Kilan, he'd lelik met your maag gepraat, kom hier. But 10 minutes later, we're snuggling on the couch and I whisper into him, I love your heart. Both. And, and, and if you're disconnected from my father, who's when you look at him and you look into his eyes and you don't see a smile, it's going to be very hard, very difficult. It's going to be without joy. I always have that picture of, I mean, what's a geloof slaan themselves op die Catholic, some Catholics. What do you call it? They hit themselves because of their sin. We never learn to come into that place of being enjoyed and enjoying Him too. A place of love. And some of you, the invitation is this. A couple of weeks ago, I ministered in Natal. And the Saturday morning, we were doing the Father's Heart. And right at the end, I've never done this before. In, in a session, right at the end, I said to the guys, I felt the Lord speaking to me, I said to the guys, take, take out note, your notepads and stuff you can write on. And I said to them, now for the next 15 minutes, we're going to ask God one question. And I want you to trust what you hear and just write it down without getting, letting your mind get in the way. Just let your heart receive, write it down and see what comes out. And so they said, ready. What's the question? And I said, I want you to ask this. Say, Abba, Father, what do you enjoy about me? What do you enjoy about me? And I gave them 15 minutes and they started weeping all across. There was a guy shaking uncontrollably. I thought, that's the guy I want to give the mic to first. So I walked to him and I said, what did he tell you? What does he enjoy about you? And he couldn't speak, probably for two minutes. He was composing himself and now this is truly this is the one thing he wrote down this is the one it he's so undone by this one thing he told me he loves my humor he starts crying again (laughs) there was a, a lady sitting just in front of us i took the mic to her she was shaking crying gave the mic to her said tell us what did he he said i just heard he enjoys it when I laugh. Took the mic to someone else crying. Now it takes longer because now the emotions welling up here. What did you hear him say? What does he enjoy about you? He told me I have the most beautiful heart. You see, John was taken up into heaven, an open door. I always say to guys, that is the standard of a good quiet time. Right? Where you sit with an open Bible and your coffee, it's early morning and suddenly you're in the heavens before the throne. Can you imagine, John, just, and there he sees that throne and it's a physical throne. It's not some concept, you know, like our God is seated on a throne. It's not a concept. It's like reality. John is saying, oh my, it's real. And now John sees the one who is seated on that throne. And listen to this. He sees him. But now John is, now it's, he has to kind of explain what he's seen. And he has no vocabulary. 
he, he don't know how to articulate. He doesn't know how to say what he's seeing when he saw the one seated on that throne. The best he can do with whatever he has is. And the one seated on the throne has the appearance of Jasper and Sardius, like Cornelian. That's what he's saying. That's his best attempt, right? And then he said, and around his throne was this emerald-like rainbow. That's how John, and it goes further, you know, the fire in his eyes and the voice like many rushing waters. So John is seeing someone, and I want you to see this with me. John is seeing someone seated on the throne. He's seeing the King of Kings, the Lord of glory, the God of the ages. He's seeing God fully. And then he says, and this God is a Jasper God. Jasper in ancient times was a diamond-like stone. He is like Jasper. He is brilliant. He is bright. He is majesty. He's omnipotent. He's glorious. He's exalted. He rules over all. He is unapproachable light. His glory. He is fearful in praises. He's unsearchable goodness. And then he says, but in the heart of this Jasper God is a carnelian, blood red heart. Inside this Jasper God, this unapproachable light, this majesty, this glory, this inside of him, there's a blood red heart. He who is unapproachable in his majesty is kind, passionate, compassion, merciful, patient, slow to anger, full of love. He's one who heals, one who makes new. Inside this Jasper God's is a heart that's kind. He is unapproachable in glory. Yet he's so humble, he was born a baby. He is the highest of highs. But yet he bends underneath the broken. He is holy fear. And he is intimate communion. And then John goes further and he says, and around him, was a rainbow and it had the appearance of emerald green. I think it was the first stone on the breastplate of the high priest. I think so. And the emerald green speaks of the tender mercies of God. Holding his promises and his eternal covenants. I love David. David had this revelation of God. I mean, that man just saw God in a different way. David, in one of the Psalms, says, His everlasting kindness is the word chesed, His mercies, His kindness, His love, His loyal love, His devotion is ever before me. So David is saying, I have taken many paths, I have chosen the path of rebellion, I have chosen the path of disobedience. I have walked the paths of righteousness. I have walked the paths of obedience and devotion. 
And here's my conclusion. No matter where I found myself in what season, whatever road I took, it ended up running right straight back into him. He was waiting there. It's always before me. And then Psalm 23. How many of you love Psalm 23? Be honest. Come on. If you don't love it, go read it today and say, Holy Spirit, help me fall in love with the good shepherd. And right at the end, he, he's David, this amazing revelation. So David in one Psalm says, he's before me, he's always before me. His tender mercies, his mercy, his kindness, his love, he's, he's always before me. And then he goes, and surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So how many of you have read that or heard that? And you know what, I've, I've, for years, I thought that that meant I walk, and when I look or turn around, I see goodness and mercy like a, a good puppy, just a couple of steps behind me, you know? And then I walk, and then I turn around, and I see goodness and mercy just a couple of steps behind me, and then it follows me. Oh, but that word follow doesn't mean follow in the Hebrew. The Hebrew word that David uses there means to chase down and to overtake. The pictures of a predator hunting its prey. So it's not, it's, not a, it's not a good puppy following me. It's chasing me down. David is saying, I can't get away from it. I can't get away from it. In front of me. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, actually I'm imprisoned. He's always before me and he's chasing me down from behind. I can't get away from him. Why am I saying that? Because this morning I want you to know he is more committed to this thing than you are. He is more committed to you than you are to him. He wants this more than you do. Face to face has always been his idea. It didn't start with Adam. It started with him when he made Adam. In the cool of the day we will walk. And I'm coming to an end. Adam and Eve. Let's go right back to the beginning. <laughs> but from this one tree you should not eat. And then the deceiver came. Do you, remember, you know the story, right? Then the deceiver came. And after having a conversation with him, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They sinned. And in that moment they were disconnected from God. I want you to see something now. Eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil wasn't the original sin. The original sin was believing the lie when Satan spoke to them and said, he is withholding good from you. Your father is not really good. And that lie came like a virus into them and it corrupted. And they ate, and when they ate, what happened? They got disconnected, they sinned, right? They got disconnected from the prison. That's the fall of us. They got disconnected from God's presence, disconnected from his image. They who were sons now are orphans. And now an interesting thing takes place. We now see what fallen humanity sees. How the fallen mind views their creator. So before they fell, what did they do? They walked in the cool of the day. Now they disobeyed, got disconnected. Now we see what fallen humanity sees when it looks at God. What did Adam and Eve do? Three things. It shows us the lens on the Father. 
they went to hide. Shame. They protected themselves because he won't. They provided for themselves. Why? Because he can't. And now by the death on the cross, Christ in us, in him, is now redeeming the mind of the orphan again so that he can look at the Father and see him for who he really, truly is. One who nourishes. One who protects. David says, he opens his hand and he satisfies the desires of every living and I feel for some of you, you know how we talk about worship. Worship is the response of a heart that's beheld in. There's no worship school in heaven. Have you ever thought about that? Hey, gather the angels. I see they're slacking in their worship, huh? Gather them. We're doing a course on worship. Come. Yeah, have you ever read that? Why is there no worship school needed in heaven? Do you know why? Because they're constantly seeing him. They're seeing him. If we get one of those seraphims, that, those burning ones around the throne, one of the angels or one of the, those elders that casting their crowns, if you would have a conversation with them and you say to them, who taught you to worship this extravagantly? I say, what do you mean taught me? Who told you to worship like this? You mean you struggle to bow? <laughs> really? You struggle to sing? No one ever told me I should sing. I just looked at him. I just came. I don't know. Because he is that magnificent, that glorious, and that kind. I just did a freebie. I don't, I don't want to talk about worship this morning. But for some of you, you're stuck in gear four. Because you've got disconnected from my father, a father's heart that's saying, I like to be with you too. And some of you need to come out of the cold winter night into the warmth of that smile. And some of you need to climb off the treadmill of religion. It's taking you nowhere. Climb off and go climb into his arms. Some of you need to reconnect with that heart. That love. Religion and the bad religion. The bad religion has got one message. What is it? try harder the curse of the law listen to this quickly the curse of the law is trying to please God without God <laughs> the curse of the, it's trying to please God without God it's trying to love God without God it's trying to obey God without God it's the curse of the law you can't in by faith the heart connected does this make sense to you guys 
I, could, I wish that when we did worship now, I, I, I felt like I could jump out of my skin with joy. I sometimes struggle to contain it. Because how when you look at that Father, you remember His kindness, His mercy, His love. You see His glory and His majesty and His... I want to jump out of my skin, man. I want to lavish Him with kisses until my lips are dry. I want to look at Him until I can't look no more. He's beautiful, Father. I want to ask you, just close your eyes for a moment. If your view on God has been a harsh one, you're just disconnected from smiling eyes and a tender heart. It's just this thing in you that wants to come into the embrace of a father that celebrates you. Just want to come into a love that's warm. Just reconnect with the Father in an intimate way. You just feel dry in your walk with Him. It's been cold. It's really been a treadmill. I feel He wants to bring you into his embrace. And I feel there's this invitation for him to do it. So I want to pray with you. And how I want to do that is just receive this prayer. I want you to stand if this invitation is for you. I'm not going to call you to the front or anything. I just want to pray with you. If this invitation is for you, just stand. Don't think twice. And as you stand, just put your hands on your heart. Don't look around. It's, it's you saying, I want, I want, I just want my dad again. I hear someone is actually saying that in your heart. You're saying that precise words. I actually, I just want my dad again. I want that intimate connection that I had in the beginning. And as you stand, I just want you to receive from him. By faith, not a feeling. It's by faith. Let's receive now. Just drink in the volumes of love that he's releasing over you now just receive it don't let your mind get in the way just drink gallons and gallons of this love some of you I feel he wants to come and I, with my kids my little boy doesn't like, in, like kisses but I force myself on him I kiss his little cheeks. I feel like the Father wants to kiss some of you this morning. Wrestle you down to the ground and kiss you. Just receive from him.
Lord, I pray. Holy Spirit, it's your joy to reveal the nature of God to us. And I pray every heart standing, everyone sitting, that's crying out for more this morning. I pray that you would come and be kind, merciful. That you would reveal not only who you are, but that you would reveal to them who they are to you. Jesus' name. Just keep standing. Just look at me for a moment. I'm going to get on stage because I'm short. Some of you might not see me with them standing. I feel God wants to do, second thing, something spectacular in your times of worship. And when I walked in this morning, I felt these words in my spirit you're trying too hard I felt like he wants to stir up a fire in you that he will come and sustain but there's been some of you you've just been on the fringes you've not given your heart to this thing fully and I felt like I don't know how to articulate what I'm feeling. But it's like God wants to call his family close to his throne. I felt this morning we need to end with worship. A little song. The band can stay, don't worry. But this is what I want to ask. If you've been on the fringes, but there's an ache inside of you to encounter his presence more when you come together. I want to invite you to come to the front and stand right here with me. And we come out to worship anyway. Can I I ask you guys to come to the front to worship with me? This is a step of obedience. Just come. AM family, come. Everyone, come. Just come to the front. If you're part of AM, just come. Don't stay in the fringes. Just come to the front. If you've never done it, just come. Just come. Stand close. The guy next to you might be sweaty. It's okay. Just come. Come closer. Yes, come in. Come in. Make room. They're still coming at the back. Just come. Just gonna sing one song. What I, I wanna just quickly look around you. This is what you should be looking like Sunday mornings. When the family of God is together around their father. Not there and there and there and there. The family is close. And I felt like the Lord wanted to say to you, if you honor this commitment, he will come and do something spectacular in your midst. Not there and there and there. Here. 
I love, the best place for me is on the couch with all three of my kids on top of me. I feel like that's what he wants from this family. All of you on top of him. Next week Sunday, when we say worship, not there, 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 and there. It's here. It's here. Just put your hand on your heart for me. Is it okay if I speak straight? Put your hand on your heart. I want you to see him, to see his beauty. Look at him. Feel his presence together. We are together in this. And I don't know much. But I know that you love me. And that 